0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you've seen the movie Braveheart with Mel Gifford, and I want you to raise your hand nice and high, if you you will. That's a good number of you. Uh, The movie is rated R for the violence in the battle scenes. And if you saw the movie, you know that Mel Gibson plays William Wallace. William Wallace is a Scottish warrior trying to win freedom for Scotland from the cruel rule of England. And the king of England, his name is Longshanks, and he is cruel and he's wicked and he hated Scotland and he hated William Wallace even more. And as the movie moves on, Wallace is winning victories against England, but in the end, Wallace is betrayed by a friend, you know, captured by Longshanks' men. Longshanks plans to kill him, but wants to hear him beg for mercy before his death. And if he would beg for mercy, that he would receive a quick death. Well, as the movie progresses, Wallace is brought into the courtyard, you know this, and there's this huge crowd of people and they're mocking and they're spitting and they're yelling. It kind of looks like it reminds me of the crowd and Jesus and Barabbas. And so the crowd is mocking and spitting at him and the king's executioners begin to torture him And they're telling him to beg for mercy. And Wallace tries to grab a breath because he's been so tortured he can't breathe. And the crowd grows silent so they can hear Wallace beg for mercy. But instead of begging for mercy, Wallace gets up enough strength to let out a scream. And he says, freedom! Great movie, isn't it? From the beginning of time, man has sought two things. Man has searched endlessly and relentlessly for truth. And man has searched endlessly and relentlessly for freedom. Freedom is a powerful word, isn't it? It's a driving concept. Men fought battles for freedom. Men have gone to war for freedom. Men have sacrificed greatly in order to gain freedom for themselves and their country. July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed by 50 men declaring America's freedom from the oppressive kingdom of Great Britain. Did you know? You thought 4th of July was about hamburgers and hot dogs, didn't you? See, you just learned something. And it's unfortunate that many people don't want freedom. And many people think that freedom means they're free to do whatever they want. Somebody say amen. Amen. So millions of babies are aborted each year and we call it freedom of choice. Pornography fills the magazine racks and we call it freedom of speech. Cults are formed and magic is practiced and demonism is on the rise and Satan is worshiped and we call it freedom of religion. Got a pen? Three points I want to make regarding freedom from in our text this morning, and we'll talk about them from our text. Uh, I want you to write these down. Point number one, we're gonna talk about the progress of freedom. The progress of freedom. You're gonna find that in verse 31 through 32, the progress of freedom. And the second point we'll talk about is the pretense of freedom. The pretense of freedom, verse 33 through 34. And then finally, we'll talk about the promise of freedom in verses 35 through 36. The progress of freedom... <coughs> the pretense of freedom and the promise of freedom. And each of these, each one of these tells the would-be believer what they need to do to become a full-fledged believer. You'll know what I mean in just a second. I'll explain. I've titled this sermon, Free Indeed. Last time, not last week, but last time we left off in verse 30 and I had some things to say. I ran out of time, so we're going to pick up in verse 30, actually, and I'm going to tell you those things I want to tell you. And then we'll move forward into our text this morning, actually, in verse 31 through 36. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 8, saints, picking up in verse 30. If you're looking at verse 30, I want you to say amen. amen. And as he spoke these words, many did what? Believed in him. Well, then, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, in him, if you, read that with me, abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, read this, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be, will be made free? And Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, or verily, verily, or truly, truly, or amen, amen. I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, in verse 36, read this with me. If the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. How many of you have been with me, show of hands, in John chapter eight? Uh, That's most of you, then, you know. That we are about six months away from Jesus going to the cross and crucifixion. And Jesus has been trying to, are you listening? Jesus has been trying to convince the scribes and the Pharisees of his identity. They refuse to listen and they try to trap Jesus and to have something to accuse him. And so they bring the woman caught in the very act of adultery, remember? And Jesus forgives the woman and says, go and sin no more. And they continue to try and trap Jesus and deny him. And Jesus continues to give them an opportunity to understand and believe. Now, in verse 30, as he spoke these words, many, notice, believed in him. Now, one Bible commentator said that these are half converts. In other words, they are beginning to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They are beginning to believe the claims of Jesus Notice it doesn't say they believed unto salvation. Just many believed. These people in verse 30 have baby faith, but Jesus wants to take them to full faith and full salvation. Did you know that it is possible to believe and not be saved? What? That's right. Belief alone can't save you and does not save anyone. And don't get me wrong, it's a good place to start, but not the place to end. You need to move past belief to full faith and abiding in his word, abiding in Christ. And the proof that you believe is continuance or abiding in Christ. Now, remember, I told you that Jesus is the master of capturing a teachable moment, remember? So Jesus captures this moment in the beginning of their faith to talk to these baby believers about what it means to be totally free. Point number one in our outline, the progress of freedom. And look at verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews, that will be the Jewish leaders, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, saints, listen to me. Turn your brain on. In verse 31 and 32, we see the progress of freedom is fourfold. Stay with me. The progress of freedom is fourfold. Number one, believe. Number two, continue. Number three, know the truth. And number four, the truth will liberate you or set you free or make you free. Again, the purpose of the progress is to transport these believers to full salvation and belief in Jesus' words. So let's look at the progress of freedom, the fourfold progress of freedom. First of all, believe. And when you see the word believe in the Bible, you need to read the context to understand what type of belief we're talking about. As I said, you can believe in Jesus and not believe in Jesus. It's possible to say the right things and believe the right things and not be saved. Just believing, are y'all listening? Just believing is no guarantee that you will go to heaven. Just because you say a few words and drop a few tears doesn't mean you are saved. And keep your finger right here and travel with me to James. James chapter 2. You got to see this. Travel with me to James. Hebrews, James. 1 Peter. If you're going to 1 Peter, you're going too far. Back up. James chapter 2. Look at this. We're talking about believe. We're talking about it's possible to believe and not be saved. James chapter 2, and I want you to turn here because I want you to know where this is because this is memory verse. James chapter 2, look at verse 19. If you're looking at verse 19, say, I'm looking at it. (laughs) You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. Did you get that? So just because you say you believe doesn't mean that you're saved. Some people think I believe is a trip ticket to heaven. We hear it all the time. I believe in God, but listen. When I hear the word but, it nullifies everything you previously just said. Husbands, you know what I'm talking about. You say, honey, your hair looks good, but And when you say but, she turns into another person. (laughs) Honey, your hair looks good, but,
0: but what?
1: (laughs) She turns into another person. Honey, you look great in that dress, but your hips. My hips what? (laughs) I mean, she just turns into another person. It doesn't matter what you say after but. People say, I believe in God, but... That negates everything that they just said. James says, this is the kind of faith that doesn't result in freedom. This is the kind of faith that is dead and meaningless because even the devil believes and has that kind of faith. Even the devil's believing they're smarter than you because they tremble. Did you know that? The devil has faith. Did you know that? And the devil's faith is Orthodox. Did you know that? Orthodox means the devil. Demons believe in the foundational principles of which Christianity is built on. The virgin birth, the death and burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Demons believe that they know that. And the Bible says they tremble. Demons aren't agnostics. Demons aren't atheists. Demons are believers in Jesus. Demons believe doctrine. Not only do demons believe doctrine, but listen, demons understand eschatology. There's your word for today. Eschatology, it means the study of end times. What are you talking about, Pastor? Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. I have it for you on the screen. When Jesus met a couple of men possessed by demons coming out of the tombs, and one of the demons said to Jesus, Are y'all getting this? What have we to do with you, Jesus, son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? The time refers to a specific time. The end times. Demons not only understand doctrine. Are y'all listening? Demons not only understand doctrine, and they not only understand eschatology, but they also understand Christology. What is that? That's the study of Christ, who Christ is. I think of Acts chapter 19. The seven sons of a Jewish priest by the name of Sceva. These boys were messing with demonology and they weren't spirit filled. It's a great story. You ought to read it to your children. It's a good bedtime story. uh, Just kidding, don't we? I'm just kidding. These boys, you know the story. These boys are messing with demonology, and and, and they weren't spirit-filled. And they were using the name of Jesus like some magic word, hocus-pocus, alakazam. We we exercise you, they said, by the Jesus who Paul preaches. And the demon said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? I would have said, I'm out. (laughs) But that's just me, all right? The evil spirit beat them up. You know the story and sent them out naked. And the story made headline news in Ephesus. And the people repented and truly believed unto salvation. Acts chapter 19 verse 17 tells us, And the name of the Lord, Jesus was magnified. So the moral of the story is don't say Alakazam. No, I'm just kidding. It's don't go messing around with demons. Greg Laurie says, when Satan comes knocking on my door, I say, Lord, would you get that? I love that. That's true. Demons have faith. So just believing won't save you. There's a difference between Christianity. Listen, there's a difference between Christianity and every other world religion. Christianity isn't about reciting or believing a creed. Christianity is about knowing and trusting the Lord. Somebody once asked, what is the Christian faith according to Christ himself? And the answer, it is Christ himself. That's the Christian faith. In our text, Jesus knew the quality of their faith was not saving faith. They had believed, but they didn't commit themselves. Your belief needs to translate into abiding. Jesus said in verse 31, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And point number two in our progress of freedom is to continue, not only believe, but to continue. Jesus said, if you abide, the word abide means to continue in my word, then you are my disciples. To abide isn't so much a condition of salvation, but a manifestation of salvation. Did you get that? To abide is not so much a condition of salvation, but a manifestation of salvation. In other words, because you believe, you you abide in this word. Because you believe, you abide in his word because you believe you continue to follow. And if you don't continue to follow, that only means you never believed. I'm just trying to make it simple. My pastor told me, Pastor Rodney, when you're teaching the Bible, put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. That means bring it down. All this up here, people can't get that. Bring it down. I'm just bring it down. If you don't abide, that means you don't believe. So we hear a lot of talk of people losing their salvation. If you've been here at Calvary Chapel Carry, you know, I do not believe that you can lose your salvation. I don't believe you can lose your salvation because I don't think you had anything to do with getting your salvation. It had nothing to do with you. I'm glad this half of the room agrees. Where y'all at? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. The question is, listen, if you really were saved in the beginning, because if you were really a believer in the beginning, then you would abide. First John 2.19, I've got this for you on the screen. Look at this. They went out from us, but they were not of us if they had been Of us, they would have what? Continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were with us. How much clearer can that be? In other words, they were walking with us, but they weren't with us. In other words, they look like sheep, and they bad like sheep, and they smell like sheep, and they move like sheep, and they have nappy hair like sheep, but they really weren't sheep. They were wolves dressed in a sheep suit. And the way we know they weren't cheap is that they didn't continue to follow the shepherd. If you're looking for a true disciple, listen, that will be the one who is continuing in the word. A true disciple, not the one that's speaking in tongues. Not the one who always has a word for you. You ever meet people that always got a word for you? Hey, brother, I got a word for you. Hey, brother, I got a word for you. Oh, I got a word from the Lord. I got a word for you, brother. Oh, the Lord they gave me a word. Can I tell you something? I got all the word I can handle. 66 books. I don't need a word. I have a word, a lot of words. A lot of words I don't even understand, okay? <laughs> I got a word for you, brother. The one who is a true disciple is the one who is continuing in God's word. The progress of freedom is continuing and abiding. The word continue means to abide. It means obeying the living word of his living Christ. The word continue implies obedience. In other words, to continue in my word means to hear it and obey it. Jesus says, if you really are a disciple, then you will continue in his word. Now, side note, side note. I hear a lot of people, and perhaps you do too. I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I've received Jesus as Savior, but I haven't allowed Him to be my Lord yet." you ever have? you ever heard anybody say that? Raise your hand. You ever heard anybody say, it? "Yeah, some of y'all." Okay, just I'll talk to y'all for then. Then, <laughs> I've you know, I, well, I made Him my Savior, but I haven't allowed Him to be my Lord. Listen, understand something. I understand the heart of that, and I understand the, the, the comment, and I understand the sentiment, but let me help you just a little bit with the wording, because here's how it works. Jesus is Lord. I'm waiting while you clap. hands. Jesus is what Philippians 2.10 tells us, every knee shall bow, every what? Tongues shall confess that what? Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. So Jesus Christ is Lord, whether you allow him or not. Whether you like it or not. You don't make him Lord, he is Lord. And when you accept him as Savior, he comes to you as Lord. That's who he is. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not his first, middle, and last name. Amen? Amen. Lord is his title. Jesus is his name, and they shall call his name Jesus. That's his name. And Christ is his mission, the Messiah, the anointed one, the sent one. When you become a Christian, you take him as he is. He came to you as Lord. He will always be the Lord. The question is not, is Christ the Lord of my life? The question is, do I obey his lordship? Jesus said, abide in my word and then you are my disciples. A true disciple is word-oriented. And that's why we're word-oriented here at Calvary Chapel, Cary. Because we want to stay in the process of freedom. And we understand the process of freedom means that we have to stay in the book. Between services, shocked. This lady comes up to me, her and her her daughters, and she says, "Uh, hey, Pastor Rodney, so on and so forth, we've been going to this church, and uh, I ain't going to tell y'all what church it is, and uh, we've been going to this church, and and she said, you know, we decided we, we better come back to Calvary Chapel. And, I, and, and she, I said, oh, really? Why? And she told me what. She said, She said, Pastor Rodney, I know how you are. You keep it, you keep it real, so I'm going to keep it real. I'm, she told me what church it was. And I said, oh, really? She said, we decided to come back because for worship, they played the music Thriller. I said to her, I said, like, hee, hee, hee. She said, <laughs> she said, I said, like that? <laughs> I said, like that, Thriller? She said, yeah. I said, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is amazing to me. Huh? Thriller? You know what? That's, 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 that's hilarious. It's hilarious because it's just hilarious. But it's so sad. It's the bite in a word. Is this not enough? Is this not and I honestly, I can't, get, I can't get this in me enough. I had a hard time with just this. I don't need nothing else. I don't need another book. I know the bookstores are full with nice books. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure the bookstore is full of nice books with nice people who wrote them. Who love the Lord and love God, I got it and I'm with it. But I'm not in the big, I'm not big into reading the latest book because I got 66 of them and I'm still working on these. <laughs> oh, did you read the book? Did you read the latest book? Did you read, oh, that book, oh, that book, oh, that, book oh, that book, 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 book. I might like, know, did you read the latest book? <laughs> Abide in Christ. Word-oriented.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923.
1: Maybe.